we are here. here. How's it going? Good. We're sporting the sweaters. I know. This is like <laughs> my the sweaters with bright colors too. I don't know what weather is like where you are, but here on the East Coast, it is gray and kind of rainy and kind of gross. So we got to go with a bright, cozy sweater. You know, it's so funny. I am I'm doing well because I'm really excited to talk about this. There are few things that reveal um, what a nerd I am more than me talking about the nervous system as it applies to business. Um, and it's particularly poignant um, and kismet that it has been a tough week. It has been a tough mental health week. I think a lot of it is the, the seasonal affective disorder is getting to me. Um, I'm ready for warmth and sunshine and we're not going to be there for a while. No. Um, and so it's just, it's particularly interesting that this week I have been literally walking my talk as I'm navigating the conversation that we are going to have today, which is essentially around the long and short of it is running a business is going to be tough. And even when running a business is not tough, challenging, mm -hmm. bringing up personal development pieces, even when it's not that, sometimes the weather is terrible. Sometimes life throws you curveballs. Sometimes, right, all of the above. Yes. And when you understand the role your nervous system plays and how to really work with it effectively and leverage it as a tool, it can be an absolute game changer where the weeks, the days, the months, whatever it is that feel funky for whatever reason, don't take you out. Don't have to negatively impact your bottom line. Don't have to slow your business down to a stop. So I'm, I'm kind of holding a lot today. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. And I think you, uh, just underline the word that you used earlier about kismet, like this is actually good timing. Yeah. So number one, Fully acknowledge the fact that it's been a heavy week for you and you know since it's been one for me too because I've been holding up this virtual summit I'm on day four fluff up the the, the bags under the eyes there but I'm excited about a great lineup of speakers today starting with you and you know this conversation will be great because I know that whenever I'm talking about regulation for my clients as well and whatever practice I'm showing them I get those secondary benefits I usually get off that call feeling like so much like more connected and aligned to like what I want to be doing because I just actually took some time out even with somebody else going through their yeah. stuff being you know present to that can also help so I think we're gonna you and I for sure are gonna get some stuff out of it today yeah. uh Chelsea while I have you because we are talking to entrepreneurs this week I wanted to know if it would be okay if we went behind the scenes a little bit into your business and just talked about your role as an entrepreneur 100% like whenever I get on a call with like an entrepreneur I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna ask them yeah. some questions whether is that one time? Okay, up. cool. This is not, there's no dress rehearsal on this. So I know that some of this will be coming like uh, at you. So um, you'll do fine. I know. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the warning sign you'd give your newbie self, knowing what you know today? Like when you started? Um, I think the, the warning sign would honestly be this is the, the this is gonna be the most triggering personal development activating journey you have signed up for to date. I do not have human children, I have fur children. So I think other than motherhood and becoming a parent, entrepreneurship is really second to none um, in terms of things that will bring up your stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I think that warning and had, cause it took me probably three years to realize, oh, you're not crazy. You're just doing something really challenging. Therefore providing myself the emotional support um, via whether that's therapy, coaching, 
group experiences, whatever it might, there's a lot of options out there, but knowing this is going to be tough in ways that you don't expect emotionally tough, give yourself the support for that. Um, I think is really, really number one. And number two is, is it's a marathon, not a sprint. I feel so cheesy every time I say that. It's so, I got sucked in hook, line, and sinker to a lot of the quick fix, get rich overnight, blah, blah, blah. I got, I fell totally prey to that. Cause I was like, I gotta pay my student loans off. I really, I wanna buy a house someday. Like I really would like to, it would be nice if I could have my first launch make $30,000 in a month. Right. And so I fell totally prey to a lot of that marketing. And so part two would be, this is a marathon. Focus on the things that move the needle forward. Focus on the things that give you your first $100,000 of information about mm -hmm. your zone of genius, your branding, your messaging, your positioning. Get that first $100,000 of data, whether it takes you six months or six years. Right. That's the goal. Focus on the things that drive that needle forward. Yeah. Rough so pieces. And and then like do it over and over again, right? To yes. And then iterate because that's where you get better. And that's where you really create something that is sustainable because you know what is working. Mm -hmm. The only way that you will know, like I so totally see business as art. I've said a lot of my folks who are creative entrepreneurs really resonate with this. When all of a sudden, so much of us, so many of us feel like I want that first launch to make six figures, or I want that first launch to pay my rent for the next month, whatever it is. When in reality, when you're a writer, a painter, a sculptor, any of those things, a dancer, right? Any of those things, the work is in the practice. It's in the practice of facilitating your service, offering your coaching, fine tuning the candle or the oil blend of the candle you're scenting, like whether you're service-based or product-based practice is at the crux. That is so much of the work and the way that you will get better at your marketing, at your sales skills, at the service or product that you deliver is through iteration, just like any other art form, just like any other athlete, like that's yes. the work. Yeah. And also know that those ads that talk about having $30,000 launches in a minute are doing exactly what they're intended to do, which is to raise your dopamine levels and get you all jittery and get you into buying, consuming. Uh, why, do people keep, uh, why do I always keep seeing these ads in my feed? Because you keep looking at them and the algorithm is going to keep setting them to you because they think on it. So unfollow, you know, click on the like three little dots at the side and say not in. <laughs> yes get them out of your system right and go for a walk but we'll talk about that today too that's going to feed i think into a lot of the conversation today about the the duality between the stress and the success so i love that personal example that you shared um getting a little bit more into the business i'm always curious about this what is your favorite automation tool that you just could not do without in your business right now mm. i there are so many. I'm in a very big growth phase right now, which is very exciting. There are so many moving pieces. Um, so I actually uh, have been migrating over to uh, the project management tool ClickUp. Okay. Yeah. Um, that it is in and of itself. It has AI functionality. It has um, automations for days. And so I think actually one of the biggest challenges for me as a 
I have been a solopreneur that is changing, but one of my biggest challenges is prioritizing, creating quality marketing assets, basically creating content mm -hmm. and making sure I make the time for that on a regular basis. So as simple as it is, there is a ClickUp automation that every single week reminds me to, so it sends me an email and a notification that says, take one of your brainstormed ideas with a link to my ideas list, take one of your ideas and turn it into a piece of content. And that automation that interrupts my flow of what do my clients need? Where are my sessions? What am I doing? Right. That is a game changer in creating that, like, that new neural pathway for me to remember, oh, Marketing is one of the most important things that I need to do. I should probably create content and make sure it's good. So that process has been invaluable slash just click up in general. We have so much automation set up in there and it's amazing. Awesome. Amazing. That's great. I am not using ClickUp, but I've heard really good things about it. So good on you for putting that into your business. Um, third entrepreneurial question I have for you is what's one way that you're growing your list or your community, however you define that this year? I'm always curious what entrepreneurs do in that yeah. area. Um, so I actually have been playing with, I did not, I've not used paid media at all for most of my business. I have really been interested in expanding my audience. So I did starting in November, question mark, oh. um, starting in November, I did add, um, I did start running ads through Meta. So Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. and got really incredible results. So feel really, really excited about that. Um, so I am continuing to do that. But one of the things that I want to highlight that is really most important, the thing that I'm really doing is continuing to be really precise and specific about the messaging and positioning I put out and knowing it is aligned with who I want to be calling in, which sounds like literally every time I talk about this with clients, there's this it, it sounds so esoteric and intangible but really what it comes down to is we need to be putting out content and i know i have i'm not always good about this because it's hard to do yeah. and i have gotten lazy in the last eight years of doing this at various mm -hmm. points um but the reason i had success with my ads is because i know who i'm talking to the reason i had a ridiculously low cost per lead that converted very effectively is because I know exactly who I'm speaking to. I know that I can provide something quickly that will not give overnight results, not promise any of that, not exactly add value to them. And so that dance between sometimes making a strategic decision because my business does have rep, like I do have revenue I can reinvest in that way, hmm. making strategic decisions to put dollars behind things that I already know work because I have tested them on the front end. So we've actually, we've got a um, challenge. I love challenges. I think so many people are bored of download a free people or like a free hour long thing. Like so many people are kind of like, oh, I have content fatigue versus <laughs> challenge. Let's go, let's take action. So we're um, playing with a challenge for emerging entrepreneurs. My business partner and I are putting that out. Um, probably this month we're going to kind of see what, how long it takes us to move through all the moving parts um but really going back to how can i provide live actionable spaces for people to see a quick result a quick value add so that they feel the sense of self-efficacy this sense well, this sense of confidence mm -hmm. that they can then turn into building additional momentum that's where i'm really investing right. 
Cool. I love like just seeing how that all works. You just like opened up your brain and shared that with us. So thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. And I love the fact that, you, I mean, you shared a couple of things in there. Number one, you're at a stage in your business where you've got that reoccurring revenue that then you can take that revenue and put it into yep. ad dollars. Because I think that's scary thing is it's sometimes it takes a while for those ads to click in especially if you have been posting a lot of content you know it's like it's trying to find your audience but you know if it's not really clear who your niche is it might be like really wide you talked about your cost for lead being fairly reasonable so i think that's also a testament to you talking earlier about the data points like spend the time try not to be on this gimmick side of your business but spend the time really looking at what are the offers that sell who do they sell to why do they need it at that time a fluke or is this like no this is something that you know you can replicate over and over again it becomes that signature offer for you so once you have that data right it can really help a lot with ads but i often get a lot of new entrepreneurs saying oh i'm gonna invest in ads right away and i'm like okay you have like one image up on instagram like you know like you have no like you have no like tentacles out there right like you haven't gripped onto anything yet it might be too soon and it might be a really big investment that is disappointing for you so and you know, but it could work and you may find like this ad person that you work with and they got it dialed in and they can figure it out for you. But I usually say too, yeah, like give your business like at least like a couple of years, like depending on how fast you're growing and how fast you're moving in it. But like to give yourself that time for you to like love your business, know it, because again, sometimes ads can be like really revealing too. Like you might be like, oh, I'm a failure. This didn't work. It's like, no, no, no. You just have to keep trying. I love that. Thanks for sharing those three with us. Um, so I want to I want to toss the mic back over to you and talk about this navigating through success and stress, the harmonious, but probably at times like you know it's like it's that dance where, um, you know you you mentioned it as like an entrepreneur where it's like your week can be like super strong and it, and then other times it can feel like really heavy and we're both in like sort of people facing businesses so it's while we're also working with clients mm-hmm. like we like you know. If, some, if a client says to us, how are we doing? And we're like, oh, gosh, I'm like really stressed out this week. Like, no. <laughs> Do you want to coach me, client? It's like, no. So I'm really curious about how you're going to approach this this morning and, and you share your goods. And then for everyone that's tuning in, remember to drop your comments, your questions. Say hi. Let us know where you're at. I'd love to hear from you. Take it away. Yes, indeed. Okay. So like I initially, at the beginning of this conversation, right, mentioned with that what are the warning signs mm-hmm. going to be? What warning signs would I throw back to Chelsea eight years ago? Prob- I had absolutely no idea how destabilizing my starting a business was going to be. And a brief layer of context um, for just my story and how I got started, I did something that I uh, don't necessarily recommend that people do. I uh, did not have much of a financial safety net. I quit my job before I had my first client. I had a website and was halfway through my coaching certification. And so not exactly the way that I would recommend anyone do it. I did have the support. I had a partner, so I was sharing expenses um, and living in a very uh, cheap, like low cost of living um, place at the time. So there were some of those elements, but I went from working a nine to five um, and bringing in revenue and all the things And then suddenly I worked from home and had no clients and had no money coming in. And one of the first destabilizing moments for me was when I realized how much of my identity and my social life, whoop, 
that was not a thumbs up, but there we go. My identity and my social life had been wrapped up in my job. It made so much sense in hindsight that so much of my self-worth was coming from a promotion or my boss saying I did a good job or the fact that I was collecting this paycheck and contributing to my partner and able to like be a good person who could pay their student loans. Like there were so many stories and identity pieces that I unintentionally ripped away from myself. And that was the sort of first moment where I started realizing, whoa, what have I done? But at the same time, I had to keep going. And this is your example of like showing up to your clients where people facing, I did not at all feel like I could grow an audience, sell a health coaching package at the time I was health coaching. I didn't feel like I could say, <laughs> I'm falling apart at the seams and no longer know who I am. Did you want to hire me? Yeah, to talk about health. <laughs> right, like that's not exactly the, the value proposition um, that we want to be putting out. So those first couple of years, actually, I was kind of doing what I thought I had to do, showing up. It's really interesting to look back at the content I was putting out in those days and knowing the dichotomy, the difference between what I was putting out into the world, what I thought I was had to put out versus what was happening behind the scenes. And after a couple of years, I made some money. I was doing okay. I was kind of, I was all right. But um, I was really frustrated with myself at this, at how addicted I had gotten, how into the dopamine cycle I had gotten of Instagram and social media and like needing the likes and needing the follows and needing it to grow in, in order to feel enough, in order to feel worse, in order to replace that identity that I had lost from walking away from this other job. And so I have been like a nervous system nerd I bizarrely kind of stumbled into it by virtue of my family. That's a story for another day. But I've known about our nervous system and trauma and been interested in these things for quite some time. And so a couple of years in, I was working uh, privately with a mentor to learn how to facilitate emotional freedom technique, mm -hmm. EFT. And part of the process is that you start by working on your own stuff so that you can, you know, experience the process and be a better facilitator. And as I'm learning this tool, I'm realizing, wait, so many of the, you know, triggers that are coming up are, I'm finally able to see the connection between my business is showing me you're not good enough. My business is bringing up this wound of what's wrong with you, of why can't you grow, of no one likes your content, of no one bought your thing, therefore you're a failure, as well as the layer of stress and trauma by I'm not making enough money. How do I get more clients? Why isn't this great? Two of my $47 products sold. Cool. That's half of my grocery bill for the month, right? Like all of these things were so destabilizing and I could finally see when I'm in this destabilized place, this dysregulated space, I can't make good business decisions because my understanding of the nervous system, when we are in a triggered state, we lose access essentially to the frontal parts of our brain, to our frontal lobe, where things like decision-making, logic, storytelling, connection spaces, like those pieces that live up in this frontal part of our brain, 
that when we're dysregulated, we lose access to yes. Right. And you and I both know this from our trauma of money days, but we lose access to that space. And when that happens, you cannot be a good CEO. You cannot be a good marketer. You cannot be a good salesperson. Your ability to connect with another human is mitigated. Yeah. Well, and I would say in some cases, like you might not even be aware of it because the tricky part about our brain is that it will still keep functioning, right? Like we're not like, you know, we can still like make breakfast and we can still feed the dog and talk to our kids and, you know, and engage with our partner and, and do things with our clients, right? Like, again, I'm going to put on a front and I'm going to perform, but we're not like to your point, like really in it, right? Like, it's almost like there's moments where I've like, when I feel dysregulated, I, I use that sort of term dissociated where I'm like looking down on Brenda and like Brenda's functioning in the world. But here's really where Brenda's at, looking down on Brenda, not in it. And I feel that sort of out of body sometimes where I'm like, um, yeah, like I'm watching her doing all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> good, you know, acting the part, doing the, the, the reality, but not feeling good about anything, right? And judging everything that she's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's like, and you know, here talking about myself in third person. But yeah, I, I, I see that. And, and there's a lot of, like, we do that. That's just like human, and that's the way our brain is operated. It's like, if it was always in that, like, oh, you know, like sometimes we wouldn't get, be able to get some things done either, right? We'd just be like sedentary. So we do need that part of our nervous system to work that way. But at other times, because it's called survival, it mm -hmm. help us out with our business. Right. And the thing one of the most game-changing things to realize, I think, for us as entrepreneurs is that, yes, like stress is not objectively bad. Stress that moves us into, right, like I'm thinking about when you're in a launch period, I, at this point in my career, can get so high in a good way, a useful way, on the adrenaline of, I got to put out a bunch of content. I'm creating all the things. I'm in the zone. I'm having conversation with this person. I'm over here. I've got emails going. I got to set up the automations. I got to make sure the Canva graphics are correct. Like you can get in the zone okay. of that and it can feel good. It can feel, and you might get to the end of the day and be like, it's 7 PM too early to go to bed. Like I'm, I'm wiped, but that's great, right? You might get through the launch and feel like, okay, that was two weeks of intense. Now I want to sit in the bathtub for the next 48 hours. That is a beautiful dance and stress, just like in the gym, stress on your muscles is good and leads to growth. Same thing in your business. So this is not moving into the, like, we should all sit around and business feels good all the time. No, cause stress, the part where it gets challenging and not even challenging, the part for us to recognize is that our beautiful, brilliant nervous systems evolve slowly and for better or worse, often it's worse we our survival response is a little too sensitive for the modern world is regularly expose yourself to more rejection more uncertainty more financial instability at least in the early days eventually i think like once you know how to sell that is way more more stable in my mind than any paycheck from someone else ever but right. In the early days, you are subjecting yourself to more rejection, more financial instability than most people ever experience can be triggering of the survival response because mm -hmm. rejection feels like I'm being rejected from the herd. I'm not going to survive. Like it can trigger that survival response, which is where we've got to be able to recognize, oh, wait, am I watching myself go through the motions? Do I need to take a beat to stop 
scrolling on Instagram, looking for another trending audio to post using this reel and say, wait, 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 let me slow down. Let me take a few breaths. Let me do a little EFT. Let me go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Simple, simple tools. Let me pause so that I can bring the creative, connected part of my brain back online. And I can go in and say, wait, who do I want to talk to? What's going on for them right now? What do they need to hear from me? How can I connect with them? Go through those motions a little slower. It might feel terrible to your brain that's like, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta <laughs> connect. We gotta do, we, I need it, I need it. It might feel terrible, but it is going to be more effective. And more effective marketing means more effective sales means your business does better. Right. So. So. If I'm like in it though, right now, like you mentioned, like there's like some things I could do, like there's like those things, but if I'm in it right now and I'm also in this spiral of like my business isn't making money, doom, gloom, I'm not going to be successful. Maybe I should go get a day job. There's a recession. Mm -hmm. No one's going to I've been out of it for three years. Like all these things that are sort of like, um, you know, coming in and, and percolating your thoughts. What would be like one or two things that you would recommend people to do? So when you are, I want to talk about two different states. The one you mentioned of I'm spiraling and that in that moment, I pulled out my chart. I don't, this is not going to like play well on Instagram, but here's my nervous system chart. I'm a nerd. Like I said, um, <laughs> but where are in that hyperactive state, that stressed state, that panicked state, what we want to do is calm, right? So the only focus is how can I calm? One important note here is that everyone's nervous system has been conditioned based on your lived experience. So not every tool is gonna work for you. The first goal I want you to have is to identify what are the three to five tools that I know work well to calm me down. Right. One of the best things that we can do is intentionally increase sensory information that inherently is grounding to us. So more specifically, you could play with right EFT. What that is, is often tapping. Literally, when I am stressed, I pretty much will just choose one of the points. I either typically will go to this one on the cheekbone right under the eye, or this one above the eyebrow. Yeah, exactly. I'll just usually just choose literally one because going through the full thing when I'm that dysregulated doesn't work. For yeah, me. giving myself sensory stimulation. I'm making my hand do this thing. I'm feeling my hand, my fingers are cold right now. So I'm feeling the cold on my skin. I'm inherently more present. It could also be a cold shower. That's mm -hmm. adult to the system. It could be getting in a hot bath. It could be literally squeezing your palm. Yeah, just or giving sometimes the wrist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Simple sensory information. It can also be a scent. If there's a candle you love, an essential oil you love that you can literally sit and combine breath. So sit, put some oil in your hands and take a few deep breaths into that. Mm -hmm. You can go outside and walk, get visual information as well as proprioceptive information. So through movement and having your feet moving and looking around it, I see a tree, I see a streetlight, I see that person with the blue hat, I see like name those things for yourself so that you are all of a sudden, basically what you're telling your brain is by forcing myself, intentionally choosing myself to consume and notice these pieces of information that are not a threat, you are telling your brain, oh, I'm okay. I don't have to fight, flight, fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. I don't have to 
go into one of those. So find three to five sensory increasing tools that you can use. And ideally some of them are like, what can you use when you're driving? What can you use when you're in a meeting with a client? What can you use if you're on an Instagram live and you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna be seen. What am I doing? I'm freaking out. What can you do that you're not suddenly like? Like this is a really good one too, I find. Or when we talk about tapping, tapping on the side of the hand. And you can just do it under the screen and no one would know. Or I love my mason jar because it's got the textured side to it. So I can just be like rubbing that. Or I have a mug that's got like hearts, like sort of three dimensional. That's like super textured. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. On your lap, no one would know, right? And you could just be feeling like the tassels on the cozy blanket. Exactly. Sensory yeah. technique. But it, you're right. It's a way to just sort of get yourself connected to your body. Yeah. Because right? what's happening is that your mind is racing so you're kind of focused on the mind but you got this whole vessel right here that's just dying to help you out right you know in the sense of like you've got hands that can touch things right the temperature like you said like the cold fingers on your skin it's like oh okay that's something different what's that yes. just interrupt that thought pattern exactly mm -hmm. exactly and then on the other side of things because so often when we're talking about the nervous system we focus just on the stress panic side of things. Okay. Reality is there the other side, which might look like we might call burnout. We might call depression. We might call apathy. We might call I'm uninspired. I'm unclear on what to post. I don't know what to say. I don't know what my next right action is, right? That's more on the under hypo regulated state. And so in that case, what we actually want to do is not a calming practice. We don't want to further downregulate. We actually want to move into motion, literally action. So that's actually where a walk can be even better. And so if you're, you know, walking to try to come up with content ideas, go take a shower so that you have some ideas and just like get yourself in a different headspace. Do put on a favorite song and dance. So that it, like and make yourself get into some kind of movement literally shake your body literally like the weirder make strange noises jump around do like jump squats i don't know like but some kind of literal movement to get yourself again it's in your body but it's in a way that is moving you up the ladder of the nervous system instead of calming you down because in those moments what we actually need is up not down right yeah and even you know a biz bestie. I'm looking, Kristen's on the uh, call today. We've got a walk scheduled on the 23rd of February and we're going to go for like a big seawall walk. It's like 5k, you know, or we might go a smaller loop, but we always sort of talk about the business. So like, that's a great example too of like hypo where it's like, okay, I'm in the business, like maybe pair up with another entrepreneur and like go for a walk instead of connecting on zoom, um, or what we're doing right now, like on Instagram live, but, um, that's cause we're on the other side of the continent, but you know, go for a walk with a biz bestie and talk about business, but it's not in this, like, or you might be feeling like stressed about some things, but it's like, you know, walking and talking can be really helpful. hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So that's like when we're in reaction, like when we're in like the thick of it, but what yeah. are some be doing also as business owners, as entrepreneurs, knowing that like, hey, you know what, I, I've got this year planned out and there's going to be stresses and there's going to be successes. How can I be sort of like proactive about yep. it? I'm not just dealing with it in reaction. Yes. <clears throat> so the first part is basically like create your toolkit. So go through those two different moments we just noted of underregulated, I need to go up 
over, I need to go down, go through those two moments and identify what are these simple things I can do and like write that down somewhere, put it on a post-it note where you sit and do your work, make it something that's easy for you to remember because I'm sure you've experienced this. I'm sure many of us have the struggle of knowing all the tools and then forgetting to use them because <laughs> we're stressed and our brains are not fully on the right. So make it easy for you to remember, oh, go for a walk. Oh, call, call Kristen because I need to schedule a walk. Oh, do get in the back, whatever. Make it for yourself to remember with very simple three to five for each state. Then I feel like, so <laughs> such a cliche every time I say this, but having a morning routine, it doesn't have to be a morning routine, but I do think every entrepreneur should build in rituals Regulation rituals is what I call them, um, but build in regulation rituals throughout your week and your month that are specifically oriented to keeping you in a healthy, more, oh my God, the word just slipped out of my head, more resilient state. And so some of that is going to be your physical health. It's basically physical, mental, emotional health. And so... One of the things I started doing this year is getting some really high quality supplements that are all focused on my pretty much like stress response to my adrenal glands um, and cortisol levels. I got high quality supplements that I take every day when I give my three animals all of their variety of medications. So I have it stacked in. I make my coffee, get the animals their meds. Don't mix them up. <laughs> I mix them up. No, I mean, the animals are, one of the cats is on Prozac and the others are on allergy medicine. So it would be fine. I yeah. don't know how they do, but no, we don't have separate cabinets. I run anxious. I have generalized anxiety disorder, whatever, whatever. I know that about my mental health. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my cortisol and adrenaline alongside choosing to be an entrepreneur might, might run higher than is ideally healthy. Great. I've made an intentional ritual choice to supplement to keep that more in check. Also, I move my body regularly. That's a requirement for me. I like really difficult workouts where I'm like sweating my face off. That doesn't have to be you. You could do Pilates. You could do a walk. Like it is not about any kind of like, it's about physical health. Right. And so move, moving my body, physical health, mental health. I see a therapist regularly. I have coaches for emotional support. I have friends for emotional support in the business specific space. So like mm -hmm. people get it and will be there when something goes sideways, having those, those things ahead of time and then having the rituals of, I move my body, I do my meditation, I have this tool that I use, I take this bath. And then the other one that I think is really important is kind of like a, a business health element. Mm. So in the early years for me, I lean much toward the side of like creative, chaotic, messy, not naturally an organized, like me using ClickUp is, is a feat, <laughs> um, is a feat. I can do a spreadsheet, but it's not naturally how my brain works. And so in the early years, I was terrible at collecting data or analyze. I, I didn't know really anything that was happening in my business because I didn't have any kind of ritual in place for let me set it an intention for right. the month. What matters most and what actions will I take based on my, my best guess or based on the data I have to move forward? I didn't have any of that system. And so I do think that the simplest moment of 
ask yourself what you want to focus on, define what actions you will take and make commitments for is that daily, weekly, monthly, make those commitments to yourself and then review them at the end of the month yeah. and the end of the year. So simple. Yeah. The That's review. Yeah. The review is really key too, because yeah. it's like, okay, like look, notice those things, notice the small things. Like, you know, was there something that you loved about your business this last month? Yes. Um, uh, I talk about this with my clients. What did you love this last month? What did you yeah. learn? And what wrong? Right. I just like ask those three questions and it's like, you yep. can pull something, some thread. And then it's just like, okay, so that was January. And now can we make it a little bit bigger in February? So set those intentions for February and then review February. Okay. What did I learn? Oh, I learned that in January, I did it this way. I tried it again in February and I got better at it. Awesome. Great. Like just go and keep going. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Get into these, like, I need to have a seven year plan and all like mapped out and, and then it's not going to plan. It didn't go exactly the way I said it would. But I was going to be at 300,000 by the end of my second year or whatever the goal was. Right. And it's like, I'm only at 50,000. It's like, okay, you know, like, so start again and like maybe take it month by month versus like seven years. years so, yeah, we've got to learn the moments when to, I, I call it adjusting the lens of you've got to learn the moments of when do I need to apply a wide angle lens mm -hmm. when you're doing big data analysis and you're doing like what content works overall. You kind of need bigger, you need a wider lens. You need like 90 days of I've consistently put out content to see this message work. Nobody gets what I'm talking about when I say this word. Yeah. This one is great. This one is no good. You need a wider lens for that. But in terms of building momentum in those days when it's like, I only made 50 or I made five, what am I doing? That's when a wide lens is going to immediately shift you into dysregulation one way or the other instead of saying, okay, where did I build? Mm -hmm. That focus is on momentum. Like, where was there a win? Great, create greater self-confidence. Where was there a, no, no, not so, a, a loss. Didn't go well. What can I learn? Get back in, on the field. Like, apply that action. That's where we need a close-up lens. We need a zoom lens. Love. So today we've talked about the hyper arousal state of our nervous system, the hypo that we can do in those areas when we're in it. And how yes. to And then be proactive and put things that we the calendar put into the schedule like schedule our workout biz bestie walks yep. <laughs> there whatever those things are that we need to like keep ourselves regulated and check if we know that there's like oh there's a launch coming up and i'm going to be like really in it for two weeks what are some things that i can be doing be pre during post launch which i think is and then you talk about these um regulation rituals i think you're going to share some of them with us like like after this episode is done we're going to share a link today on my stories so that people can access them can you tell us a little bit about them? absolutely so after five years i think it was um after five years of having conversations with entrepreneurs in various phases of growth in various phases of stress or hypo arousal um, I started to identify a lot of the conversations that I'd have again and again and again. And I, you know, a lot of the time I have clients all over the world. So someone will be messaging me at 1am my time in a tough moment of their launch and they don't hear back from me until, you know, the next morning when it might've shifted or it might be worse or they might write. So what I decided to create was a library of nervous system regulation practices, emotional regulation practices for all of the most common challenges 
we went run into as entrepreneurs. So there's a section on, there's a quick shift section that are all 20 or 10 minutes or under for anxiety, for lack of clarity, for a variety of things. There's a section on money and pricing, on launch support and what's going on throughout the waves of a launch. So there are a whole bunch of different sections and I've got a collection of the most downloaded ones. So after a while of folks uh, using it, I took out the most downloaded ones. And that is a, a small collection that I will be sharing. Awesome. So if you want to essentially have like coach in your pocket that you can pull out your phone, you access it through your po favorite podcast app, find the one you need, press play and start to suddenly feel better. That's what those rituals Amazing. are for. Amazing. So as I mentioned, after um, our session ends today, I'll take some of the highlights, put them up on my stories. I'll share the link there. And then later on in a couple of weeks, this um, session is gonna be on my podcast and I'll also share the link there so everyone can still get it. Chelsea, where can people find you? At this Instagram handle, wherever it is, at chelsea.quint, um, as well as my company with my business partner, The Business Whisperers. Um, so we exist in both of those places. Um, and chelseaquint.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing all of your wisdom with us. It's been fabulous catching up with you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope the rest of your day is fabulous. I'm excited to hear who else is coming on and see what other wisdom there is to bring forward. Yeah, we've got three other speakers. We've got Kim Keel, who's a copywriter, talking about getting our voice and our brand, like our brand voice out there. Yep. Chris, who is talking about the head and heart behind estate planning. Because here's the thing, entrepreneurs, like we need to be thinking about retirement. We also need to think about estate planning. Like where is this wealth that, you know, we're taking that to? Plus also as women, we tend to inherit more depending on sort of our family legacies um live longer so just mm -hmm. a conversation and um now i'm finished and now i'm blocking on my last words <laughs> oh um no, sorry oh, this is so bad anyways uh i'm gonna end it there and then we'll say goodbye totally fine <laughs> and we'll see you later today check uh the link in my bio and you can see all the other speakers take care bye.